Welcome to Women Winning Divorce. I am your host, Heather Quick. I am an attorney, entrepreneur, author, and founder of Florida Women's Law Group, the only divorce firm for women by women. I love thinking big, thinking outside the box, creating creative solutions for women and empowering women to win in all aspects of their life. Our approach at Florida Women's Law Group is to provide women with a strategy to not only achieve their objectives, but win at life. I believe that what may show up as adversity is simply an opportunity to change and improve your life. In each episode, I sit down with innovative professionals and leaders who are focused on how you can be your best self before, during, and after divorce. In these conversations, we are looking at how women can win at life. I have the unique opportunity to meet women when they are at a transition period of life, but that is only the beginning to becoming your best self and winning at life on your terms. With our guests, we enjoy the opportunity to explore ways all women can win and enhance their life, no matter where they are in their journey, because divorce is just a point in life, not the end and not what defines you, rather a catalyst for your growth. Welcome to today's episode of Women Winning Divorce. I'm Heather Quick, owner and attorney at Florida Women's Law Group. Today, I'm being joined by Rebecca Palmer, family law attorney and owner of Rebecca L. Palmer Law Group in Orlando, Florida. Rebecca has a wide variety of legal experience, not just in family law, but in insurance and corporate law as well. She is an author and has been an adjunct professor for Emory, UCF, Stetson, Berry College, and Southern College. Rebecca, that's amazing. You are a busy woman. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. And I was also in the sandwich generation. I took care of my two elderly parents and raised two kids. So uh, it's been a journey, but uh, but Heather, thank you for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we are so thankful to have you, and can't wait to talk today during our um, during our episode. But first, I'd love if you would share with me and our listeners a little bit about how you got into family law. Well, it was a journey, uh, <laughs> no doubt. So to to step back to my college days, I wasn't one of those people who grew up wanting to be a lawyer. Um, in fact, I studied abroad, uh, England, Guatemala, Mexico, and I, I was in England when I took the LSAT of all places. Wow. <laughs> and I remember calling my parents. And I said, Hey, look, if I get into law school, I'll go. And I said, if I don't get into law school, whatever money you would have potentially given me, will you give me so I can go be a starving actress in New York? <laughs> that was my plan B. Um, and then my, I wouldn't lived with my brother and his wife for a while, and they're both lawyers. And he had good advice. He's like, don't become a lawyer because I'm a lawyer. Don't not become a lawyer because I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a law degree is not going to hurt you. <laughs> right. And so I went to law school, absolutely fell in love with the law. Um, I was on trial team and I, I kind of realized, wow, this is like being on stage, but I'm writing the lines, <laughs> you know? And so it was a really good experience. Um, family didn't, law didn't come right away uh, for me. I, um, you know, I worked at larger law firms, some in South Florida, one that was out of New York, and, um, you know, they didn't really do family law. In fact, warned me against it. One of my mentors was like, do anything but family law. (laughs) And so at one of the firms, I started dabbling in it and absolutely loved it. Uh, My then boyfriend and now husband of 23 years uh, saw it, it just lit a fire in me doing family law. And I, and then he was like, why don't you just do it? This is what you love. You know, this is your thing. 
And so I was writing memos to this large law firm in Central Florida uh, to the president. And um, I went on maternity leave, <laughs> you know, over 20 years ago. And they called me up and they said, okay, you can do family law. <laughs> AK, come back. You can do what you want. <laughs> right. So um, I did. And it was a wonderful experience because being in a larger law firm, I had the safety net. Um, you know, I had the stability of corporate law and insurance and other kinds of law. I even dabbled a little bit of real estate. That was not my thing. Um, but family law is. And I've had the pleasure and joy and ride uh, doing family law. Um, you know, I'm sure you might have seen my background. I, I did everything from the Tiger Woods divorce. I represented Elon, uh, who's lovely, by the way. And um, to my friends at the gym, you know, so it's right. <laughs> I've got the gamut of cases, but it's it's my passion. Um, I absolutely I feel like I'm working for I am working for individuals right. and I'm walking a walk with them. That is not an easy one. It's pretty complicated and difficult, but I get the pleasure of seeing them at the other side when they're doing OK and they got through it. One of my favorite stories, Heather, is um, a girlfriend of mine, uh, I did her divorce, and about a year afterwards, I asked she and her daughter out to lunch with me and my daughter and to play, and I'm sitting there having lunch, and I said to her, oh my God, I know who you need to meet. She's like, oh, what are you talking about? She says, I haven't dated. I've been divorced a year. I don't want to date anybody, and I'm like, trust me, meet this guy. Happy to say three years after that, um, I was performing their wedding (laughs) down in Key West. So when I say I get to see the other side, I really get to see the other side. Well, that is wonderful. And, you know, I do think sometimes, um, you know, with the many, many guests on our show, and particularly family law lawyers, they say, you know, sometimes family law just chose me and it was what I was meant to do, even though I didn't know it when I first started out in the law. I think the most successful family law lawyers and who do the best for their clients just really love it because we really are changing people's lives. We are helping them achieve something that they really cannot get through the process without. And ideally, you know, they have a great future in front of them and it's an opportunity for them to, you know, go a different way and grow and really realize their potential. Agreed a hundred percent, Heather. And, you know, and, and they really, many of my clients can't see that when they're in the thick of it. And yep. so, it's so hard. They're in so, so much pain hard. and they're so scared. And that, that is what's great about it is just the change. And sometimes uh, one of my attorneys said that uh, we were in a meeting and she said, she told the client, she goes, you can't see what I can see. She's like, I saw you in day one. And now here it's end. Like you're a different person. You're right. lighter. You just look like, you know, you're ready to take on the world. And, and that's just a very fulfilling thing that I think I think about. you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right, Heather. And it, it it really is fulfilling. You know, it was one thing to win something for a you know insurance company. Well, not nothing's wrong with insurance companies, they're important. Nope. Sure, sure. But it's a whole nother experience, you know, really walking the walk with somebody who's going through such a tough time. And you literally have to, if you're doing your job right, remind your clients, hey, what do you love doing? Do you love movies? Go mm-hmm. see a movie with a friend tonight. You know, I mean, because they're just hit with a ton of bricks and uh you know even reminding simple things to that and find finding good counselors for your clients uh and finding answers you know it's it's like playing chess you got to figure out financially and regarding children Mm -hmm. you know what to do one of my toughest cases i had 
was an international relocation. And um, most, as you know, family law cases don't go to long trials. That was a two-week trial. Uh, one entire week on money, uh, one entire week on the children and relocation. It was a lot. <laughs> that is, that's it, a lot of issues. But it taught me, you know, as much as I said early on in our conversation, that the whole litigation thing is is something I love. Also taught me when you can settle, do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm also a mediator and I've, 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 I've really learned that, particularly after that trial, because it just was so much Um you know, I'm so happy for my client. She and her kids do live in England, even though they were raised here. So it was a, you know, good result for her. But man, it was rough. And um, on everybody, on everybody. Yeah. Hey, good news was I lost a lot of weight during the trial. So that was a bit. <laughs> oh, I bet you did. Well, um, well, we're so happy to have you today, Rebecca. And I'm excited to talk about uh, an interesting topic that we really haven't touched on a whole lot on the show yet. And it was your idea to talk about domestic partnerships and um, particularly how younger couples like millennials are choosing to not get legally married, but that this then provides them with the rules with which to, you know, play by, I suppose. Um, you know, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about, you know, what, what is a domestic partnership? Well, Heather, you're right. This is a new concept. And it's not necessarily legally defined, but the idea is, you know, hey, we're together. We we want a title for who we are. Right. <laughs> you know, um, we're, we're not boyfriend, girlfriend necessarily. You know, what what are we? Well, we're in a domestic partnership. And so it, it, it mirrors a lot of things of marriage, but it also differs from a lot of things in marriage. And what I mean by that is it mirrors the concept that you can live together, you know, buy a home together, just like, you know, you can buy a home with a friend, you know, it's right. buy a home. Um, so it's got a lot of that. There, speaking of insurance again, there are certain insurance companies, it matters that right. if you're in a domestic partnership, your partner can get insurance if you have it. So that's bonus legally. But it, it, it also has a lot of not, I don't want to say entanglements, that's the wrong word. But it's not going to uh, mean you get half their 401k <laughs> like you would in a, right, you, know, right. you know, so yeah. there, there's certain things that you would otherwise be entitled to potentially if you're married that does not come into play in a domestic partnership. Now, how does it like, right, which is, you know, that's one way, like you said, it differs from a traditional marriage, but why, how? I guess, why would people then, if they're saying, well, you know, we don't want the to be legally married, but yet, how do, how do we help them understand, well, there might be some reasons you do want to have a domestic partnership agreement. You want to have something because you have no rights as it stands now in the right. relationship, right? Well, as mentioned earlier, insurance is a big, big, big one. Um, mm -hmm. But on on top of that, I mean, we still like to understand what bubble we're in in our lives. <laughs> right. And yes. give it some kind of definition. Um, and I, I think domestic partnership gives a definition for the couple, uh, letting them know, okay, we're committed. We're involved in this. We just don't want to do the, you know, institution of marriage um, for whatever reason. There's a lot of reasons right. for that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and there, like I said, there can be some downfalls to it. Um, for example, 
if one of your, if your domestic partner, if one of the other dies, would not have the same rights if, right. as if you were married. <laughs> Excuse me. So there, there is that as a true. What about taxes? Person. Can you file taxes together in no. your domestic partnership? It's not progressed that far yet. You know, maybe in some states, and that's always important to notice is, you know, every state is different. Right, right. Um, but not like, yes, at least not federal taxes. Um, right, right, right. So state and federal different things, but yeah. So no, it's it's not like you can marry, you know, file married, filing singly mm-hmm. or file jointly. That that is that that's a good example, Heather. Of right. Something you can't do now. Maybe that's good. Maybe you don't want to do taxes together. Um, right. But it is, you know, I think as they say, death and taxes. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big one. That is a distinction between marriage and domestic partnership, where it's very different. Now, is there anything that, or what exactly is legally recognized in a domestic partnership? It depends on the state and um, and what issues you're talking about. Um, you almost have to break it down. You know, for example, let's say it is a man and a woman and they have a child, or maybe it's a same-sex marriage and they have a child that they adopt, um, which opens up a whole other issue of whether you can or can't, again, depends on the state. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're in a domestic relationship, uh, it's almost like if something happened and you had a child, it'd almost be like a, a paternity action or a maternity action. Right, right. You know, because Absolutely. there's not a marriage there, um, which big news in Florida. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware of what's happened this month, but we have alleviated permanent periodic alimony, which, you know, is wild. And there's now a presumption of 50-50 with kids. And so those type of things would not apply mm-hmm. in a domestic relationship. Now, not that you couldn't have 50-50, you know, arrangements with the child in a, that you had in a domestic partnership. You can, just like you could in a paternity action. Um, but it, 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 it's new, Heather. So I think the law has not developed as far as I think it ultimately will right. at this stage because now, it was a newer concept. And do you think that, um, or could we draw some parallels? Because we know in Florida, well, for our listeners, you know, I think most people have heard the, t- the term common law marriage. I, you know, I'm, I get asked that at least once or twice a year. Um, and do you think that it, it's gonna, it's similar to that? Like where some states may then now just instead of calling it a common law marriage, call it a domestic partnership and you would, qualify as that or do you think it's something that the states are going to have to adopt um maybe more laws i think that's a really interesting question because you are correct you know there is no common law marriage and um i you know i actually had a case where the attorney thought there was and i'm like there's not (laughs) there's not palimony anymore you know there's certain things that don't exist but i i think you hit it on the head that ultimately i think there's gonna have to be some laws some some guidance for individuals right. who choose that type of a relationship um, because you know we're 2023 and um that's totally different than it was just you know when i started practicing nearly 30 years ago i mean it's night and day and relationships are uh, the design of families has changed so it's it's i think it's got to develop still and i think it is still developing and I think ultimately there will be some laws and more clear guidelines on it than there is currently. 
Now, um, you know, one of the things, and I have uh, friends um, and colleagues, you know, all over the country, and we might dip into this a little bit after the break, but I know in other states, and I think this would be completely, you could do this in Florida as well, really like enter into a, say, cohabitation agreement, you know, as far as maybe establish some, you so you can enter into a contract that would maybe give you some guidance into, uh, you know, the financial aspect, most likely of that relationship. Absolutely, Heather. You know, it's it's kind of like in Florida, there's no such thing as legal separation. However, you can draft up a legal document <laughs> about your separation or your domestic partnership. And guess what? You got a contract. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I would encourage people to think about that if you've decided not to do a traditional marriage. Um, all right. Well, we got to have some understandings and we have to have some ground mm -hmm. rules and understand what's happening here. And just as in my dad was a, uh, minister and he always said it, it should be harder to get married and easier to get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and I would encourage people thinking about a domestic partnership to put kind of the same thought into it. You know, if you're going to do that, why not sit down and negotiate it, et cetera? Um, so you have an understanding uh, with one another. Absolutely. I, I completely agree because once you, even if you're just living together and keeping things separate, they're still naturally over time, you build, tend to build assets um, together. And, you know, there is that usually intersection of, of the finances as well. And it'd be, wise to outline that uh just agreed heather because there's nothing legally to protect you whether you like the laws in florida or not when you get married then those are the laws which will govern your divorce um and so if you break up you know particularly after a lot of time and or money children together uh it, it makes a lot of sense to have no, that it really does and i just you know, like in any relationship, let's say, you know, let's say an employment relationship. Let me, let me understand, you know, what, what are my guidelines? What are my expectations? Uh, you know, what, what, what can I, can, shouldn't I do um, as an employee? And, you know, what are my hours? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so there should be a discussion like that. If, if, if anyone out there of your listeners are thinking, this is interesting, you know, I, I've been with so-and-so for a certain long amount of time. I just don't want to get married, but I do want to take a step. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. know, and so this is another option. And and again, I keep going back to insurance, but that is a big deal, you know, uh, to, to be able to have insurance because, you know, we all know insurance is expensive mm -hmm. and for some people hard to obtain. And if the domestic partnership makes that possible, something to look into, um, but definitely have some understandings uh, with one another of mm -hmm. what everything looks like. And because otherwise it gets really, really messy. Not that it wouldn't otherwise, but really, really, really messy if you have no guidelines. Absolutely. Well, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will continue talking about domestic partnerships and different options. Um, in the meantime, uh, if you are enjoying this show or our other shows previously, we would love for you to leave us a review that will help other listeners find us. And we will be right back. We are back from our break, and again, today I am joined by Rebecca Palmer, Florida attorney, and we are discussing what a domestic partnership is and who might elect one over traditional marriage. 
And um, Rebecca, you are published on this subject. Can you share with our listeners and me, you know, who are the people entering into domestic partnerships? A lot of them are millennials, you know, and um, because it's it's a new world. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really, really fortunate to have children and watch their ages. And man, you know, they 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 point out stuff and correct me on stuff that just was not something I grew up with. You know, um, interestingly enough, Heather, I grew up in the Midwest and I didn't know anybody divorced till I was in college. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it was just another world. You know, mm -hmm. now what are we statistics say 50 50? Who knows what the real numbers are of people getting divorced? But it, it's a new world. And I don't know if we're more open minded or creative um, or we're just evolving mm -hmm. into, into different designs of how we live our lives. Well, and I think, you know, it was interesting. We had uh, we had quite an interesting person on the podcast a few months ago. And she was talking about the origins of marriage and it was really just for, it was more financial, but then she was like, when it started, you know, nobody had a very long life expectancy. So nobody really expected to be married very long. And now that with this longer life expectancy, I think that's what you're saying. And it, it all came down to, we were talking about prenups, postnups, similar, like, I mean, really that's, you know, or a domestic partnership agreement or something that where you can kind of write the rules for that um, as to how you want that to be. Because, you know, I've had, and it's been, it's been a lot of years, but it's certainly not been only one person throughout the years. I've had women uh, come to me and was, they weren't married. And, you know, she's like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, you're like, well, like, you're you're kind of, you're gonna be out of luck, right? Like you two made this agreement together, um, but you're not married, and you know the laws would protect you in um, if you're married, because then we have we have some rules by which to go by when you break up. But in that case, it's just gonna be dealing with the children, and you're gonna be out financially. And too many women, I just don't they don't know what they don't know. They they just don't I guess look that far ahead i'm not sure but like they're giving up or they're stopping their um you know contribution to the workforce and their ability to earn money and yet if you don't have some kind of agreement with somebody you're just going to be out of luck right you know and it's interesting women and men alike uh you don't know what you don't know um i remember a consult i once had what this is years ago with a male <clears throat> the husband and he goes, I want to be so generous. I want to be so generous to her. And he's like, going on and on. I'm listening, you know, uh -huh. and I'm observing and I'm taking in what he's saying. And he goes, I'm going to give her half of everything. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like, um, well, <laughs> that's kind of the law. <laughs> so, and he almost, like his, minimum, but yeah, okay. yeah, he, he almost fell out of his chair. He literally thought he was like being so generous because he mm -hmm. was the only one who worked in the marriage. Right. So therefore thought it was his mm -hmm. and that's not the way it works. And um, so, you know, when I had to break it to him as gently as I could, <laughs> you know, that's something called equal distribution and what you've accumulated from the date of marriage till separation or filing of a divorce or an agreement on a date. Uh, it, it, it's 50-50. I mean, not it's equitable. It's not equal, but more or less. And so you don't know what you don't know. And, and it, it, there's so many feelings, and I know your listeners out there probably have a, a gamut of them about 
um, support and alimony and, you know, should it exist, should it not, you know, on both sides for right. someone who decided not to work. And that was the marriage or relationship, let's call it, mm-hmm. agreement. Um, that, that's a decision for the couple, but there's consequences to those decisions. And right. I, don't, I don't know if everybody understands that. And, and those are evolving consequences. Mm-hmm. So if you got married, you know, again, 30 years ago, uh, when I started, <laughs> I used to say women ruled the roost because they just did, you know, particularly when it came to the kids and they were looking mm-hmm. at alimony. Now we got right. so many different <laughs> possibilities of what could happen. You know, there's real consequences to these decisions. Uh, you know, I think, I, you know, I think my dad was spot on when he said, you know, it should be harder to get married and easier to get a divorce so that you come in understanding uh, what the definition of your reality is. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, many times, like, and the thing is, which, and I, I um, you know, could appreciate, maybe don't really understand, but I certainly appreciate some people want to be together. They don't want to be married. They don't believe in, you know, those whatever the rules the religion or whatever the laws but you know with that there's so much positive that comes out of um you know being in a relationship and building things together but you know what i wonder is when people are entering into maybe this kind of alternative agreement arrangement if they're really fully aware of what they lack in legal rights um, or do you think they usually understand that this is very different from being married? No, I don't think they do. I, I think, you know, I almost, <laughs> I almost encourage people to, you know, talk to a lawyer, <laughs> you know, before making a decision. Do we get married? Do we not? You know, I mentioned earlier that I, you know, I do do wedding ceremonies for friends, uh, right. people I'm close to. And um, it, I absolutely 100% insist on a sit-down meeting or two or three or four, (laughs) depending on what the issues are, so that they understand consequences of various actions, marriage, not marriage, you know, those type of things. So I would actually tell your listeners, if if you're thinking about this, and it may or may not be relevant. I mean, I I, I laugh because my, I asked my husband, again, 23 years, for us to get a prenup, and he just started giggling. He goes, "Um, we're both lawyers. We both have law school loans because <laughs> what is this really going to look like? You know, I mean, loans were clearly non marital because they were, you know, incurred at the time before the marriage. So, but it, 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 sure, could it be overkill? Like, like my husband kind of laughed and said, we don't need a prenup. He was right. And we didn't at that stage in our lives, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hurt to get advice and, right. and to know what you're getting into. And that sounds really funny, but, um, Hey, what's wrong with spending an hour of time and a little bit of money on an attorney just kind of say, hey, what, what we're trying to figure out what to do here mm-hmm. with our relationship. So I would encourage people to, to consider that. You know, I know some uh, religious sects and churches, you know, require those type of meetings, but I really encourage it. So, you know, think about what are, what are we doing? How are we designing our relationship? What do we expect of each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully you can really talk it through. I mean, I was fortunate enough 
when I had my first child, um, my husband was like, you want to work, work. You don't, don't, you know, think it through. And there's a lot to that comment. <laughs> there really is that. You know? it, and it seems, and I think we both see that a lot so often, you know, on the back end, because people in a, you know, committed relationship, they take on certain roles. Right. And ideally, they are, you know, benefiting one another, right? Especially when you bring children in. I mean, somebody's got to take care of the child. Right. And, right. you know, right. choices get made, whether it's the mother or father may stay home for a period of time or not. But like that in and of itself, just like you said, it has huge implications because absolutely, you know, just 10 years, and especially today, I mean, because you and I, you know, we finished law school, we, well, okay, there was Westfall when I was there, but we still had a lot of books. Like I had to do a lot of book research and it wasn't nearly. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Right. You know, but now it's changing so fast. So Can you fast. imagine if in the practice of law right now, we even took five years out, how much most likely would change and how oh. much it would take to get caught back up? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I watched that with some of my clients who've been mm -hmm. out of the workforce and uh, want to get back in. And sometimes it works out, but it can be a huge challenge. And it, it's a yeah. very personal decision whether you work or not. And I'm not judging anybody. You know, um, my mom happened to be one of the only moms I knew who worked. Not only did she work and have four kids, she went back and got her PhD after having four kids. Wow. You know, um, I always laugh, you know, remember back in the day of Girl Scouts, et cetera, yes. you know, Girl Scouts, I go to all these meetings with everybody's moms and we're making cookies and doing arts and crafts. What does my mom do? Take us to her office. And I don't know what we were doing. We're stapling stuff and we're like, you there know, there had to be some kind of badge that just, absolutely should have gotten for that. That was, that was, you know, that was her activity for right. the, the, the troop was to go to work. <laughs> And uh, so it's just a different decision, you know, and I, you know, I, and, I, and it's a tough one. So despite that, but having the understanding, whether it's a marriage uh, relationship, paternity or domestic partnership, having those discussions and coming to the conclusion of what's right for the yeah. units, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, um, not one shoe fits all feet you gotta you know you gotta figure out what fits for that particular couple and go forward and that's why even you know with and again like not you know not everybody gets a prenup um but there are certain laws so that you are you know whether you like them agree with them or not that's going to really guide the divorce process as far as your rights and you know what you may be entitled to but you know, I would say for, and, and, you know, part of what I've, what I always say and have said on the show, certainly through guests with prenup postdocs is you are going to be subject to the laws of the state you live in, or you can create, you can determine that and say, you know what, we're going to agree if we make these decisions, this is how we'll split up. But in a, in a domestic partnership, and, you know, when, if you are just, you know, living with somebody and, you know, working together like you said as a unit and having children and investing your time money and emotions in that with each other you really it's so wise to have an agreement and um have Absolutely. some rights because otherwise it is a mess and you know really Rebecca, i don't think there's any cause of action i mean they're out of luck in florida aren't they i mean yeah. you know, unless you have kids but then they're still not going to be the finances 
No, and even if you, even if you have kids, it's still an issue. You know, it, it's it's I, I, you're absolutely right, Heather. I think I think getting a definition of what the relationship looks like is mm-hmm. is imperative. Um, and, and and while messy and icky and uncomfortable, it's really really important. Um, it's a lot less uncomfortable than after you've invested years and made agreements and then find out, oh my gosh, like if this breaks up, maybe I'm just out on the street and I've got nothing yet. I poured into this person, we agreed, but, you know, without having that contract and that's when, you know, say, oh, you lawyers, you know, complicate everything. It's like, well, in a lot of ways, we give you a lot of solutions and protections that otherwise you wouldn't have had. Right, and, um, right. It is so messy because then there's the emotions and, you know, that that relationship part and which makes, you know, family law challenging and difficult, but you will still go through all of those emotions, but you have no legal protections from going through a divorce. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm vividly remembering a situation I had once of a prenup. And, you know, back in the day, I do not do this anymore. I used to film the signing of it. <laughs> oh, I've heard all about that. That was supposed to be this great way to show how everybody was volunteering. Right, right. No. So this particular case was the opposite. <laughs> so my client's breaking down crying. Oh, no. You know, I'm oh, like, no. oh, this is, this is defeating the entire purpose, you know, of filming this. We shut down the cameras. We went for a walk. Um, they both were actually pretty wealthy. She worked and he worked, um, and they both did very well for themselves, but it it, it was emotional. I mean, just having to sit down and going, okay, it's hard to plan your marriage and plan your divorce at the same time, (laughs) you know, bring it back to domestic partnership, same concept. You know, I don't think it's a good idea to make certain commitments if you don't have understandings of what the dynamic is going to look like and what, mm-hmm. what is, what is our unit going to look like? You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're saving your 401k and I'm not, but I'm doing all the chores or what have you, how's that? I mean, and you're using the money, like, you know, one of you stocking away in the 401k, the other was like, well, I'm using it for us to travel. So we're taking, having these wonderful experiences together doing things, but yet who's going to be out of luck? you know exactly exactly it's about conversations as, as most relationships are and and this is domestic you know partnership marriage um paternity these conversations need to be had <laughs> even Thank if they you. even if and they you know right great tears <laughs> exactly and it's a good and and it's easy for us because we've been doing this a long time and um i've also been married uh about 22 years so I didn't have these conversations back then either, but we've learned, right? I've been doing this so long. Now I can say, but you know, that communication is foundation. And if you can't talk about some of this stuff before you get married, like it doesn't really get a whole lot easier. Like it's still (laughs) a weird conversation, but it's just breaking through and trying to have that, right? I agree to hundred percent. These conversations, whatever the design of the relationship is, needs to happen. And then you take it to that next level. If you're getting married, you don't necessarily need a prenup or postnup, although advisable, exactly. if, if it's applicable. But, um, you know, in a domestic partnership, all the more reason to have these conversations because yeah. there aren't clear definitions of what would happen. And if it's not down in writing, parole evidence rule, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not going to be used. So you need a contract. Absolutely.
Well, it's been a great conversation. We are going to take another short break and then we'll be right back. And listeners, if this is your favorite part of the week, please subscribe to our podcast as well as leave us a review that will allow others to find this podcast um, and hopefully help them as it's helped you. We will be right back. We are back from our last break. And again, today I'm joined by Rebecca Palmer. We've been discussing domestic partnerships and are shifting now to what happens when a couple decides they no longer want to be together. Um, and Rebecca, you and I are both focused heavily on traditional divorce. But when it comes to a domestic partnership, um, and obviously to have a domestic partnership in any kind of anything legally recognized, you've got to have an agreement, right? True, now, and then how, how does this process look when you guys are breaking up and you have the agreement on, do you need a family lawyer? Like, how, how does that work? Messy. <laughs> <laughs> it's messy because, it, so assuming you have a contract, it's not as messy. Okay, right. Because then you you got an agreement. You have a contract and yes. an understanding of what's to occur. There's always interpretation of that contract, et cetera. Was there any fraud? You know, was there any pressure? That aside, let's say it's legit contract. Mm-hmm. You follow the contract. But without that, messy, messy, messy. And uh, where, I mean, is there even an avenue? And we'll talk about children, which really is turning because we're not dealing with property. But I mean, do is there a legal avenue for uh, couples if they have no agreement and share no children? Not really. I mean, it's a he said, she, I don't even know, Heather, help me think of it. I don't even know what that would be called. I mean, it, 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 it it's like, this is going to sound silly, but let's say, you know, you and I are in a domestic partnership and I know we're both married, et cetera. That's not what our relationship is, but what if it was? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? You know, if it went south, you know, there's the only- no, no definition. There's no law right. guiding you on how to do it. There's no contract telling you what to do. So if anyone out there is at all contemplating the concept of domestic partnership, I highly encourage that you sit down with someone. Um, I'm a big believer that you both should go to somebody different. I think um, so. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of one lawyer sitting down with two people. And that may be frustrating to your listeners because, wait a minute, we don't want to pay two lawyers, but, you know, do. <laughs> Get, get yeah, it's hard get, to advise two people on possibly competing and conflicting um, rights and ultimate resolutions. I think I agree with you, Rebecca. I, I do think you each individually need your own attorney um, so that you really understand. Because I think as um, you need the attorney to say, hey, here is best, the worst side, you know, what this would look like. Let's compare it to if you got married, let's come up with something that meets your needs. And you may, and you obviously can share with your attorney. So you don't necessarily have to share with your significant other that helps them maybe draft an agreement with your end goals in mind. And and I highly recommend, you know, if you're not in the legal world, like we are, um, you may see all these free console, free console, you know, well, guess what? You get what you pay for. Uh, Amen. Thank you, Rebecca. the family law. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you call some lawyers and they actually have a consult fee and it sounds significant to you, well, that may be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to spend that extra minute to 10, you know, two hours <laughs> with you. Um, you know, my clients leave with a whole notebook with mm-hmm. research, 
you know, tailored towards their situation so that they they don't sit down and get a freebie and I'm not really invested and they're not really invested in the conversation. Um, mm -hmm. So I do your homework, find somebody good, find somebody smart, somebody open-minded because this domestic partnership, as we said, is so new. A lot of people be, you what? <laughs> you want exactly. what? <laughs> right. yeah. You know, um, so, you know, try to find somebody who thinks out of the box, look at the website, look at the reviews, ask around. And then, you know, my consults are almost two hours, you know, where we sit down and really talk through things. And I think that's the type of thing uh, the listeners should know. Don't just go check the box. Talk to somebody didn't cost me a dime. Didn't really learn much. Okay. You know, <laughs> that's not your homework. Your homework is to sit down, ask the questions, come in with questions, you know, take the guidance uh, and move forward. Because again, I said it jokingly, but you get what you pay for. And you want the lawyer and for you to be invested in in so the conversation. And, you know, I, so, okay, I've had, as we've talked through, I remember a couple different cases um, in the past where, um, you know, they, they had children together, so we were able to deal with that. But then we have had couples that they bought property together. They still hadn't married, but right. then they had jointly owned a home, real property. Same. And that gets really messy as well, because then um, that had to be in a different court. And so for our listeners, which this is going to seem so convoluted to you, but the reality is the children can be result. You know, we can handle that in family law court, but if just merely separating the property because they were not married, had to be a whole new action in civil court just to sell the property. Absolutely. You know, in, in it's been twice as expensive. I mean, you have to get totally different lawyers that specialize just in civil. Right. You know, civil, civil and real estate lawyers. Right. So yep. it's like a whole nother ball game. So, so invest early on. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it'll be easier later on. And still it may, you know, I think because, and, and this is just, you know, um, me considering this because then I know we had another, a case at one time and they had a contract it wasn't you know a thought out like domestic partnership agreement but they contracted on some things and yet then had children and again we had to have two separate sets of lawyers where because they didn't create an agreement that said we intend to resolve these things you know within the family court based on this and I don't know if that would work Rebecca if you could specify that like that your finances would be resolved in the same court if you have children's issues, um, if you specified that in your agreement or how, I mean, how would they do that in Orlando? Can you imagine? I guess it's kind of jurisdiction selection, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, my thought process in, is put it in the contract. Just like we say, okay, going to be governed by the state of Florida's laws, mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. if that's what you want. And having understanding, okay, if this falls apart, where do we go? What applies? Mm -hmm. um, all of that can be in their contract, as you know, and the listeners should know. I mean, you can you think out of the box, you know, right. of what exactly does this look like if it, it doesn't work out and um, who gets the dog, <laughs> you know. And that's important. That's very important. <laughs> you know, very important to me. I love my dog. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Oh, it always says you get your dogs. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 apparently, I'm apparently going down a rabbit hole, but just I, I just wrote an article on this very topic that uh, it's interesting because, again, states are different. Right. So Florida looks at a dog like property. Mm -hmm. 
you know, if if you you bought the dog and the dog costs a hundred bucks and somebody gets it, well, the other person owes the money, you know, so it's, it's like right. the property. Uh, there are some states, and I, I, I won't quote which ones, but there are some places in some states that it is best interest of the pet. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rebecca, that is fascinating. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, so, that would just be, that would be worth the price of admission to go watch that trial on the best <laughs> interest of the, of the animal, just because I would love to see how they would handle uh, how they would handle it and how they would prove it, right? Oh it, my! Well, gosh. well, here, here, here's one idea of how to prove it. So I had a case. I had a case where the dog became the fight, part of the many fights, and um, this judge has since retired. But it, it was the funniest ruling, and he didn't really care what the law was. He made up his own decision on how it's going to be handled. Because this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to go to park with an independent person. That person is going to put the dog in the park. You both go to the other ends. And this is my favorite quote. I don't care if you wrap yourself in bacon, <laughs> but whoever gets the dog runs to gets the dog. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what a ruling, <laughs> you know? That and he and I still laugh about that, even though he's retired to this day. I'm like, that was the funniest ruling. <laughs> I'm like, it didn't really, wasn't really the law, but it was very funny. So Which yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing for our listeners. Look, guys, I want you to listen to this uh, for our listeners because sometimes, because I've had things like that happen too, where you can get a result um, that really isn't maybe what the strict definition of the law or any interpretation of the law is because <laughs> you are dealing with a, an individual who's making decisions and who's maybe doesn't, well, not maybe, it's impossible for them to deal the same way about your things and your children, your pets that you do, um, which was, of course, the basis and why we're saying get an agreement in writing because, I mean, that's the result when folks are married. And so there are certain, you know, boundaries and rules with which to abide by. But if you are not going to get married, yet join and, you know, share your life and finances and create a family with somebody without the legal protections of the law, you need an agreement, whether it's a domestic partnership agreement or cohabitation agreement, it's some kind of contract that allows the two of you to really spell out what are our obligations to one another going to be, what rights do we both agree we each have? And some things your listeners may not realize is like, let's say they go buy a couch together and the couch costs a thousand dollars. Guess what? That's not what it's looked at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and once you bought it and you've sat on it, it's not worth a thousand bucks anymore. You know, maybe 10 to 20% of its value, you know, whatever you could go sell at a garage sale for is its value. And I think that's always a shocker to clients too um, when they separate is, well, wait a minute, you're getting a house full of furniture. Look at all this furniture. You know, it's not worth what you think it would be. So these are, again, are kind of conversations to have. You know, are we going to split buying all the furniture? But then who gets it? <laughs> if, right. if, we're, if we're both paying for it um, and it doesn't work out, what do we do? It's not War of the Roses. You're not going to cut the couch in half exactly. you know, how are you going to handle it so again another part of the dialogue uh to be had when you don't have uh you know the the guiding laws like in family law um because you have a unique 
out of the box kind of relationship, okay. like a domestic partnership. And so what, what are our rules going to be? Because we're making them. Let's just make sure we understand. Them. <laughs> right. And, and that's the beauty of it. You can make them and agree to it. And then if you have something enforceable, if you go about it in the right manner, because I know everybody likes to believe that, well, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and we'll just walk away and, you know, <laughs> be happy and fine and cordial. And you and I have both seen uh, too many cases where that's not really quite how what happens. Yeah, that's not quite what happens. Even in decent breakups, you know, I mean, yes. you and I both, Heather, had such complicated situations, you know, let's say they build a business together yes. and have no employment yes. business agreement. Okay, then what, guys? <laughs> you know, make sure to see a contract lawyer and uh, to, to, or a corporate lawyer potentially to go through and design what happens if we have to dissolve this business because expectations could be, you know, so far from one another. You know, yeah. you know, you just sell a law firm like, oh my gosh, this law firm makes us money, blah blah blah. Well, guess what? What's your AR? What's your accounts receivable? <laughs> you know. And can you really sell it for what you think it's worth? It may be worth a lot to you as, as a couple, mm -hmm. but not necessarily um, if you're having to divide it up. And you know, who's going to come by um, certain kind of businesses if it's not you know, in goods, and, but if it's well, a service. And that's a really good point, Rebecca, because I think that can happen also very often too, is you're you're romantically involved and then you get involved in business and yet they're like, well, no, we're, you know, two adults and we're just going to manage this and we'll figure it out. But you, you can really, really end up on the short end of the stick, depending on how things are titled and right. who has spent what. And, you know, and I, I think for women too, you know, be sharp because if you don't think he's not thinking about it, you, you're crazy. Uh, and you don't want to learn on the back end, oh, his name was on everything, but I thought we were doing this all together. Right. And then, you know, you're out um, on the street with nothing to have there. And, or if you try to sue, especially if it's like the business and the romantic, romantic relationship, it's going to be messy and just very costly. And it could be really um, risky, you know, right. and, and expensive right. so, venture that you don't know. So, gonna so have those, have those icky, awful conversations up front. Exactly. See how they well, have all your love, all your love, have those conversations. Indeed. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, this is a, a, a bit of a different kind of conversation than we normally have on the show, but I really appreciate you, Rebecca, because I think oh, thank you, there are so many people out there and, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And they're not thinking that there is maybe even a way for them to protect themselves in these situations. But you really, if you're proactive and you think, you know, you find the right people, you, your rights can be protected and hopefully you never need it, but then you sure will uh, rest easier. And while difficult, it could actually strengthen the relationship. Absolutely. <laughs> because, absolutely. Because then you have an understanding of one another. There's, there's no mystery to it. Um, jumping in blind and not knowing where you're going, you know, so, you know, be informed tonight. Heather, I really appreciate what you're doing with your podcast and informing people. And, you know, I hope to see you and talk to you again. Well, I, I appreciate you so much, Rebecca. And um, before we go, I do have one last question for you. If you can impart on our listeners what you have learned about advocating for and empowering women throughout your career. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> That's a loaded question. <clears throat> I know it is. And I, I should ask you that at the beginning of the show. We might still be answering it, but just I, I, your fine words of wisdom. So be your own self-worth. Do something you love. Um, don't feel a rush into get into a domestic relationship, partnership or marriage or what it may be. Um, I had a personal rule of how old I had to be before I would allow myself to get married. That may not be the answer for everybody. It's certainly not for my daughter. But, you know, women, we roar. <laughs> Heroes roar. And, you know, and we have so many strengths and talents. Don't ever sell yourself short. Don't any, let anybody walk on you, man or woman. You know, know that you have value. Know that that other women can. Sometimes they stab you in the back. back but most of the time we can support each other and progress. And so I, I really appreciate the opportunity and what you do. And I really tell women out there, dream it and do it, live it. <laughs> you know, there's so much you can do and, and don't let your gender um, limit you. Uh, that's amazing. I really appreciate you, Rebecca. And um, thank you so much uh, for being on our show. And as we've reached the end of our show, listeners, you can find Rebecca Palmer at Rebecca L. Palmer Law Group in Orlando. And of course, her information and links will be in our show notes. Thank you again. Heather, thank you so much. You're lovely. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. And if you or someone you know is going through divorce or thinking about divorce, of course, reach out to us at floridawomenslawgroup.com or join our Facebook group, Women Winning Divorce. The link will be below in the episode description. And please leave us a five-star review. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Women Winning Divorce. My goal is to elevate your life and the way you are thinking so that you are best equipped to win at life. If you enjoy the show, Please subscribe so you automatically get my new shows every week. And I would love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social and join our Facebook group, Women Winning Divorce. We welcome your comments and suggestions. We want to bring you content that helps move your life forward. Women Winning Divorce is the place for an elevated conversation on how women can thrive during times of adversity in order to live their best life.